Dave and I kind of have agreement. He, um, what? No. <laughs> um, Dave, as you know, asks different people to preach sometimes, and, and he, he and I have an agreement. He knows that when I have something that I'm going to come to him and say, Dave, I think I got something. And uh, so I did that months ago, and then um, after that, we set a date, and I kind of kind of felt like I lost it and went and talked to him and said, I'm not sure I've got this. And he said, well, I'm not going to tell you to, but think about it. So I said, okay, I think I'll get something. So I'm feeling a little scattered because I'm not sure I got it, but... Um, it is definitely about trust and faith in God, even though that's difficult, because I think about that a lot. I think about how is my faith? How am I doing? Why can't I trust more? What's going on with me that I can't just have that faith that I sometimes think other people have? Anyway, um, here I am. We'll see. Um, I want to start with the scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which many of you are familiar with. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. And that is so true, but sometimes so hard to see. So I have some questions for you. You don't have to raise your hand, because if I was to ask myself these questions, I'd have to raise both hands and both feet, and I'm not going to go there. So um, have you ever wanted to trust God, but you didn't really know how? Have you ever failed to trust God? Have you ever decided you had your situation covered and you didn't need God's help? You got this, right? Have you ever given something over to God and then taken it back? <laughs> um, God, you take this, I can't handle it. Never mind, I got it. Uh, yeah, it doesn't work so well. So what does it mean? Sometimes I wonder what it means to trust God. And sometimes I'm not sure I have an answer. I always heard those words, trust God didn't really know when I was younger what that meant. How do I trust someone that I can't see? How do I trust someone that is invisible in so many ways? I can see all of you. I can see people. And as getting to know people, I learn who I can trust and who I can't trust. But God's a different deal. Um, it, it's, it's more difficult, I think, for me and many of us, and to see and work with the people around us. Also, my question is, in I ask this a lot, how especially do you trust when there is so much pain and suffering in the world? This is kind of what we're talking about in my Sunday school class, and we'll refer to that book. If I suffer, is there a good God that's in control? When I, when I go through difficult times, how do I trust in someone that doesn't do anything about that pain? The pain is still there. Many people go through their lives not trusting or believing in God because living in this world is so difficult. 
I know someone who used to be a believer. Then some bad things happened to her. And she decided that God either hated her or that she decided or she decided that there was no God and she wasn't even sure which. But she was done. And I just see that's that's so sad to see so many people turn away from God when suffering occurs, because we are promised that we will suffer. I spent so many years not having any idea how to trust God or even believing that I should. Some people don't ever think about God. Some are angry with God. That does not lead to trust when we most need it in times of struggles. Again, trust is not easy. It seems especially difficult when we're struggling with life. If we have no faith, it is easy to blame God for our troubles and turn away from him. In this book, Disappointment with God, which is what we're studying, Yancey does his best to address the question of faith when we are going through stuff that's difficult. He looks at the questions of God's supposed silence, hiddenness, and unfairness. That is what we may think anyway. When we are going through stuff, we think that it is really hard. So, what is the truth? How do we have faith in the best of times and in the worst of times? Maybe it's easier when times are good because then it's easy to trust God, right? Hey, everything's awesome. But maybe not. Maybe we don't feel we need God when everything is easy. Yancey wrote extensively in his book about someone who abandoned faith when things went wrong in his life. It's easy to look at any comment section on YouTube or anywhere else where, where people comment in online sites about Christianity and to see the vast numbers of people who make fun of Christians or who are angry with God. So, how do we even begin? Well, when I was younger, there was a time when I was really struggling with something, and a friend of mine who was in a, in a, a different church said, well, all you have to do is say the prayer, right? You know, I'm a sinner, I repent. Jesus, I need you in my life. God, please take control. When I did this, the person seemed to think that I was done. I was called a brother in Christ. And I was so confused because I didn't feel anything. As I moved on in my life, I learned that faith is no instantaneous deal. It is, um, faith and trust is a process that we all go through, a lifetime process. It doesn't ever stop. Um, some, I respect some people in this church tremendously who I see as a very, very faithful, but even they say it's a moment-by-moment -moment decision to have faith and to trust. Um, I refer to Dave's chart of spiritual formation often. It says it well. We, you believe, are somewhere on that chart. We may be down here. We may be a little farther up. As we go through life, we may grow in our maturity, our faith. 
Some have more maturity than others just because they've been in the game longer and they're learning to trust and to have faith. No one does it the same. And here's what I've found in my own process. There are many things I turn to in my faith. Obviously, the Bible is super important to us Christians, or it should be. We know from much research that the Bible is historically accurate. It has been proven accurate through and through and through. So I read scripture not as often as I should, but um, I do. Um, I look at creation. I've said this many times before. When I look out there at God's creation and I see this earth and I see the stars and I see the sun and the moon, and I realize that God made that. And, and here's some of the ways I know. If you've ever studied the universe, you know that the tolerances for life here on this planet are really, really fine. We are, in, we are some small speck in some galaxy at the outer edge of a galaxy in a solar system. If we were a little further away from the moon, if we were a little farther away from the sun or closer to the sun, if we were in another part of the universe, life could not exist here. I never believe that happened by accident. It's not possible. And so creation tells me that there's a God who is good. I talk to others. Many of you I talk to because... I can learn from other Christians. I study. I'm a guy who reads many, many Christian books. I can't tell you how many books I've borrowed from Dave, how many I've bought, but I read constantly to try to get more understanding. I pray. I pray about other people mostly and about my own life. I worship and attend church. That is super important to me, to be here with my church family. I learned through difficult times in my own life. There's been times when I go, oh, God, why? And yet, sometime later, I know that if nothing's changed, you know, the thing that has changed is me, that I have grown in my faith through those difficult times. So those are some of the things that happened for me. Yancey, in this book, says that our faithful actions make a difference. If we are out doing the things that we should be doing, working for Christ in a faithful way, that Yancey believes we are making a huge difference. God trusted us to manage this world. He said, here's your world. Use it. Have faith in me, but do my works there. And so um, we are here to do his faithful works for him and, and all of us. They make a difference. Um, Yancey says, um, I'm going to read a little bit here. If I can find it. This is several things that, that he says about um, us and what we are we are to do. 
Human history is far more than the rising and falling of people and nations. It is a staging ground for the battle for the universe. Hence, what seems like an ordinary action in the seen world may have an extraordinary effect on the unseen world. A short-term mission assignment causes Satan to fall like lightning from heaven. A sinner's repentance sets off celestial celebration. A baby's birth disturbs the entire universe. And here he was especially speaking about the birth of Jesus. Much of that effect, however, remains hidden from our view, except for the occasional glimpses granted us in places like Revelation and in Job. So when we believe that God is hidden from us, that he's not responding to us, um, there are things happening, Yancey says, in the universe that we can't see that are very powerful. And so when we think that we're not getting the answer we want, just think about what might be going on out there. Um, He also says, the faith of a single human being, human being counts for very much indeed. Job affirms that a response uh, to testing matters. The history of mankind, and in fact, my own individual history of faith, is enclosed within the great drama of the history of the universe. So again, he says we are connected strongly, and our actions make a powerful difference. Um, in that universe. Um, a little bit more from Yancey. We humans inhabit a mere speck of a planet in the outer sub suburbs of a spiral galaxy that is only one of about a million million um, such galaxies in the observable universe. But the New Testament insists that what happens among us here will, in fact, help determine the future of that universe. Paul is emphatic. The whole creation is on tiptoe to see the wonderful sight of the sons of God coming into their own. Natural creation, groaning in travail and decay, can only be set free by the transformation of human beings. And just one more short passage. The important battle, as shown in Job, takes place inside us. Will we trust God? Job teaches that at the moment when faith is, um, is hardest and least likely, then faith is most needed. His struggle presents a glimpse of what the Bible elsewhere spells out in detail. The remarkable truth that our choices matter, not just to us and our own destiny, but amazingly to God himself and the universe he rules. So, what happens when we struggle with trust through tough times? How can, we, how can we suffer and still understand that God is there and God is good? When we think life is unfair and we are crying out to God, we feel like he is silent often. We just don't hear anything. We might believe he is unfair. 
if we should, if we believe again that we shouldn't suffer, we need only look to look to the Bible because it's spelled throughout the Bible that we will suffer. Um, again, Yance referred to the book of Job and to the New Testament. He asked two questions. Maybe God doesn't talk to us because his answers wouldn't help us. We know people who suffer and want to know why. And if I'm going through a very difficult time, is an answer to that suffering, oh, this is why you're suffering, is that going to help me? Maybe not. Um, often not, I think. The other thing that Yancey says, again, is, and we discussed this in Sunday school today, maybe we can't understand. If God explains to us why we're suffering, are we going to get it? We see from our small, tiny, little human perspective. We cannot see. We live in space and time. God does not. We can't possibly understand God and his reasons for what we go through on this earth. We think we might be able to understand, hey, God, just tell me. I'll get it. But he, he likens this to trying to explain complex science to a small bug. And if we put it in that perspective, we go, oh, yeah, that wouldn't work so well. God is so far above us and not bound by space and time as we are. He has the ability to know everything from every angle. We don't have that, and we are supposed to. Faith is partly believing what we cannot see. Much of faith is a mystery. There are many, many Bible verses that spell that out. Here's one. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 7. We declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. In D.A. Carson's book, How Long, O Lord, he addresses some of that. And I'm going to again go to, go to the book here. Um, Christians learn to accept two or three profound mysteries. The nature of the Trinity, for instance, or the way the human and the divine unite in Jesus Christ. Much has been said about these subjects, some of it wise and insightful. Not a little of what has been said seeks to demonstrate that we are not dealing with contradictions, but with mysteries. So we are, we do have mysteries. We know that. Um, also, one more quote from Carson. I found this book really, really helpful. So when we, when we get upset with God because he doesn't answer us, and this also comes out strongly in the book of Job, The object of much of the biblical revelation is not to make us comprehend exhaustively, but something else. Doubtless God could have told us more than he has. Doubtless we will find out more things in the new heaven and the new earth. But we are sufficiently self-centered that extra knowledge about God may simply pander to our desire to be gods ourselves. In short, God is less interested in answering our questions than in other things, securing our allegiance establishing our faith, nurturing a desire 
for holiness. An important part of spiritual maturity is bound up with this obvious truth. God tells us a great deal about himself, but the mysteries that remain are not going to be answered at a merely theoretical and intellectual level. So, yes, we live in a world of mystery and a universe. Either we are not supposed to know everything or we could not understand. So what is faith? It's just growing in your maturity and being able to trust in something. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. It gives assurance about what we cannot see. From faith comes trust. If we have faith that God is sovereign and can do all things, we will trust him. It is a learning process. What we must accept, we must accept what we can see and what we cannot see and trust even if we can't see it. If we are able to do that, our faith will carry us through in all, all the times and circumstances that we struggle with. In one more verse, I'm going to leave you with this verse, Romans 8, 28. Many of you know this one. It's one of my favorites. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. In all things, those that we can see and those that we can't see. He is working for our good. Will you pray with me? Lord, Help me to trust and have faith in you at all times, regardless of circumstances. Lord, I am not big enough to understand what you are doing in my life. Lord, just help me remember always that what you are doing is good and the best for me and for